0: Welcome back to the Becoming Mama podcast where two long-lost best friends discuss all things motherhood. I am joined today, well, I am Sam, (laughs) first off, and I am joined by my co-host Emmy and our special guest today. Emmy. who do you have with you? Uh, I have
1: Evie with me here today. We're going to share, well, I'm going to share her birth story. And uh, the reason I'm going to share her birth story, we're doing back-to-back kind of Twyla and Evie, is because her birthday is actually on the 10th, the 10th of December. So we wanted to try to line those up. So it's really, really special and really sweet. And she also happens to be sick today. She has a fever, so she's home with me, uh, but we still wanted to get this recorded. So she's sitting on the floor next to me. I'm guessing she's going to pop up here at some point. So if you watch on YouTube, you'll
0: probably get a glimpse of our (laughs) sweet little youngest lady. Our celebrity appearance. It's funny. The reason why we're lining this up is because the last time we released Teddy's birth story on Fox's birthday. His actual birthday. (laughs) His actual birthday. And then we had just released Fox's like two weeks prior. So I was like, what are we, why didn't we switch those? Not enough forethought, but now we know, now we have the forethought and we're doing this right this time. So we are going to jump right into it. We're going to skip our wins and losses today, just for Abby's sake, to keep things brief. We couldn't think of anything any it short time. wins and losses yeah. to share. It was not going to have the brevity that we needed, so we're just going to bypass that and jump right into Evie's story. We're all it's right. about authenticity here, and
1: sometimes as moms, you just can't think of more things than you already have to. That's just the reality. No, nope. nope. as Evie just said, I have her little <sighs> birth book here, which I'm going to use as my guide through this story. Oh. I have it with me because Evie's story. It feels like the most ordinary day of my life. It was just like, I woke up in the night and I was in labor and she was born. And then we went back to our regular life and we had a new baby with us. So I'm really excited to share this story because I don't think we hear very many birth stories like that. Especially Twyla's story, especially Fox's story. There's a lot of drama, excitement, um, just like exaggeration and evie's story is the complete opposite and that is really neat because that's also her as a person she has had this medical journey that's sort of underlying but overall her personality is just like let me be with my mom i want to be chill i'm never gonna cry don't really care if i move around the house a lot all i really care about is just let me be with my mom <laughs> so, that's so that sweet. sort of sets the stage for evie's story here so i'll start with um Prior to becoming pregnant with her, I had Lauren and I, my sister had met with a spirit baby medium who had said, and I think you'll get pregnant in March because you're going to be at this turning point where you either you need to decide, like, are you going to go all in on your business or are you going to continue to like live in this, this double life where you're like a school psychologist and at home and like trying to juggle all of these things. And so she, th- she thought that I would become pregnant in March, and then that would sort of be a turning point for me in terms of figuring out where my life was going to go from there. And so she was right. I did become pregnant in March. I think that was about a month after that conversation we had with her. And then uh, I think I was about five and a half weeks pregnant. Uh, We had just told Fox and Twyla that I was pregnant. We did a really cute little pregnancy announcement. We had these little pretend Pokemon cards made up because Fox loved Pokemon at the time. And we did, like, Fox was a Pokemon, Twyla was a Pokemon, and then we did one that was an egg. Hadn't hatched yet. And they didn't get it at all, which was a huge bummer. And Fox was just, like, extremely angry because his wasn't uh, a water type, or his was a water type, and he thought he should be a fire type or something like that, so... It was really silly, but we had just told the kids I was pregnant and I became so sick. So I I had hyperemesis where I had extreme pregnancy sickness. I got fluids three times. I had to take two prescription medications in order to basically survive. I was able to somehow maintain my business and my job by I would sleep the entire day and the entire night and I would wake up for like I would have like an hour of clarity a day where I would be able to get a little bit of work done. So everything else fell to the wayside. And when I say sick, I'm talking like I couldn't walk to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't wash my own hair. Um I was the sickest I w- had ever been and it resulted in some pretty extreme PTSD because you I left my family hanging. Like I I I am a very present mother, very present in their day-to-day life. So it was extremely hard to all of a sudden just be <laughs> like, "Now mom is only in bed." And so that was kind of a crazy experience. It lasted, it started to kind of lift a little bit around 14 weeks. So super grateful for Mm -hmm. that. I got my vitamins under control. I was able to wean off of the the medication I had been on. And because of that whole experience, I really had to lean on the medical model um, just to feel like I could survive truly. Mm -hmm. And so after that was over and I could sort of move forward, I was like, I feel like what my baby's telling me, I feel like what my body wants is just so much to just stay close to home and to not have a lot of input from other people. It felt like a time in my life where I really wanted to stand on my own two feet, not have a lot of input from other people. In my previous pregnancy, I had had a midwife that was a nurse and then also the next one, a midwife that was a home birth midwife. And I just felt like Every time I had gone to an appointment with them, there were really, there were highs and then there were also lows where I was like, they said something that sort of made me annoyed or frustrated or something that I now have to think through that I didn't really want to have to think through. And so I decided to just sort of like feel it out on my own. I listened to the Free Birth Society podcast every single day and became very well acquainted with this world of like wild pregnancy, doing things on your own. And that's, that's how I sailed through. The rest of my pregnancy, I had a wonderful little baby shower with my stepmom and my dad. It was a surprise. And then I had a beautiful mother blessing that my um, my sisters and my mom threw for me. And I had so many wonderful friends there. Such magical and <sighs> essential experiences for the transformation I was about to go through and also the empowerment piece of being brave enough to free birth on, on my own. And so the time clock was ticking. We're getting closer to actually having the baby. I think it's around November. and. Uh, I talked with Zach. I talked with my sister. We were feeling very, very confident in the free birth plan. Weren't worried about it at all. And um, the midwife I would have actually chosen from the previous birth, she was going through some family stuff and wouldn't have been able to really attend anyway. And so plan kind of was locked and loaded. My sister and I talked through tons of different scenarios of like, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if there's this red flag? And the answer was always just like, we'll call for support. I am not scared of a home birth transfer. I am not scared of somebody coming in to assess the situation. If it's supposed to go down that way, it will. I'm at complete peace with whatever is supposed to happen. And then I just spent a lot of time. There's Evie, I'm sure you can hear in the background. spent a lot of time setting the bar really, really high for my birth. So in our culture, I think we oftentimes set the bar really, really low of, I hope I survive. I hope my baby survives. And I decided to do the opposite of that and dream up the most magical birth I could dream up and then plan for it to be even better than that. So I would write stories of that. I would take baths and tell my baby that story and just really got myself in this mindset of like, this is going to be an awesome experience. So right before um, I was 38 weeks and prodromal labor kicked in, so that was... My contractions would start in the afternoon and they would go until bedtime and they would be super intense. They would require my full concentration. I was completely bed bound or chair bound and I would text my sister and be like, I don't know. I think this might be it. That went on for nine days and my sister was finally like, you really don't want to drive down in the middle of the night because she was going to be my main birth support person besides Zach. And um, she and her husband and their little girl decided to come to our hometown so that they would be close by for whenever the baby came. They have his parents here, so they were going to stay with his parents as long as they needed to. They knew it could be many weeks. They knew it could be no time at all. And so they got to town. And that night, my sister and I went into a little pop-up shop. We had some fun. We had a great time. Twyla came with us. It was really lovely. And then, um, my sister was like, oh, I got you this dragon fruit. You said you've never tried it before, so eat this before you go to bed. So Twilight and I tried that. I didn't think it was very good, but I ate some anyway. And then uh, as I laid down to go to sleep, I was like, Zach, I think it's probably going to be tonight. These contractions I'm feeling feel a little bit different to me. And he's like, okay, don't wake me up. <laughs> as a joke. Okay, any, <laughs> any, uh, any
0: words before I dive into the actual birth? Any thoughts? No. I- I was wondering, did you have any pregnancy sickness with the other two? Good question.
1: So with Fox, I had, I was throwing up many, many times a day, but I was able to function in my normal life completely. There was one day Mm -hmm. I took off. I remember like, Mm -hmm. I was um, doing my school psychology practicum at the time. There was one day where I was like, oh my gosh, like, I can't do this. But other than that, Mm -hmm. dry cereal got me through. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with Twyla... I had lined her pregnancy up so that I would have the summer off. So I truly had no responsibilities besides care for Fox. And that was that was my entire early pregnancy. I went back to work for the school year at 11 weeks pregnant. And so I was sick. I did throw up. But um, I was able to sleep kind of all day every day with no other expectations placed on me. So I think it wasn't terrible at all. It was completely manageable. I would say that was actually my most manageable Um, pregnancy sickness experience and then Evie's was like a whole nother ball game. My sister also experienced hyperemesis. I had seen it before but I kind of thought my sister had been exaggerating and (laughs) I feel really bad about that now. Karma. (laughs) Okay so like I said I had told Zach you know probably gonna start. So I think my sister coming probably relieved a lot of the pressure of like oh, I'm nervous about the baby coming in, her not making it here type thing. Mm-hmm. So I woke up around, I think, 11 p.m. That's why I brought this little book so I could have some of the facts straight. <laughs> woke up around 11 p.m. and the contractions were intense and I was ready for them. I was so welcoming them. I was like, OK, let's go time. Let's do this. Let's get mm-hmm. this baby here. I am ready. This is going to be Awesome. And we turned on X-Files. I was thinking a lot about, like, how do I want to spend my early labor, like I had with Twyla. And I was like, "Uh, there's going to be no gradual early labor. This is already super intense. I had to wake Zach Mm -hmm. up right away, was holding his hand through every contraction. After a couple hours, I kind of needed a break. So I went and got in the bath for a little bit. That helped relieve things a little bit. I was able to get a little bit of a break. Went back to our bedroom, had Zach call my sister. She didn't answer right away, which I think was (laughs) kind of unexpected, but I think Mm -hmm. she called back pretty quickly and uh, she came over around 6am. So at this point I had decided I needed another break. Things had been intense for a little while. I had mentally prepared again for a long labor just in case, but uh, also I had been thinking in the back of my head, like I haven't lost my mucus plug yet. My water hasn't Mm -hmm. broken yet. So it just seems like this could still be a long time and so I went had Zach draw me a bath had him light some candles so we could keep the darkness in the room and then I started to get really disoriented where I was like i really obsessed with this little bag of random bath salts that was on the side of the bathtub and I kept smelling them and asking Zach like don't you think these smell so good and I wanted the lights on and I wanted the lights off and I was just like I think I looked at him and I was like I think I'm going somewhere else now <laughs> I was Really in labor, la-la land. And also still didn't recognize this as a sign that like the baby might be here soon. Yeah. So throughout the birth, we didn't do any fetal heart monitoring, and but we did have a Doppler. And my plan, after having listened to other free birth stories, was just that I was paying attention to the movements of my baby. Making sure mm-hmm. she was moving regularly, and I was really, really tuned into that. I knew that was my job during the birth. And so... I hadn't felt her move in about five minutes and I started to get a little bit nervous about that. So I told Zach to get the Doppler out. He's like fumbling around and I kind of like lift myself up out of the bath and I hold on to the faucet. And I'm like, I really wish my water would break soon because this is feeling really intense. And I feel like that would relieve a little bit of the pressure if my water Mm -hmm. were to break. And then in that moment, my mucus plug came out and probably like another contraction later, my water released and i was like oh thank god it does feel a lot better Mm -hmm. you want to see am i telling your story and then uh uh my sister uh you know she was like running around the house i was telling her to do all of these things like my big sister mode i think i was trying to distract myself from the intensity of the birth by ordering her around because that's sort of just like our sisterly pattern so i'm like go wash (laughs) twilight's hair do all of these weird things, find the little fishy net, look in all of these obscure places where I think it might be because we can't find it. And and then like, I felt something release from my body with a contraction. And I was like, terrified in that moment of like, oh my god, what is that? Not sure what it is. What if it's the placenta? What if something's really wrong? You know, kind of like your paranoia Mm -hmm. kicks in because you're in La La Land. And Zach looks and he's like, it's her head! Like, go, go, go! Push the rest of her out! And I was, like, intuitively like, don't want to force her out. I know that that could mm-hmm. lead to a tear. Mm-hmm. And so I I paused. I waited for the next contraction. And then she released. And Zik's, like, yelling for my sister and yelling for Fox and Twilight because we really wanted them all to be there. And they're, like, tumbling into the bathroom. They can't Woo! believe that she's out, that she's here, that she's alive, that I'm alive. And, uh my legs were shaky. So I laid back in the bathtub and we all just kind of like chatted in the bathroom. It was 7am at this point. So we had to call Fox's school and let them know that he wasn't going to be in that day. He was going to (laughs) be home bonding with his new sister. And then we just transitioned to the bedroom and my sister took good care of me. We called family, let them know she was here. And yeah, that was pretty much it. It was just six hours in total. And she made her appearance she snuggled up on my chest she latched right away and we took some naps and yeah that was the
0: story wow that's like the fast one it's a fast one but it's so cool how just like intuitive it all was for you at that point you know like you you've sure you've still had those moments like being in your head who wouldn't but you when it with time to be intuitive, you were, and that was really cool. How was your postpartum with her? Really excellent. So
1: I I think I took the weekend off and I didn't really plan to take much of a paternity leave because mm-hmm. uh, I knew I could just work from my bed. I told all my clients I wasn't going to do any on-camera meetings. I wasn't going to do any scheduled meetings for a full month but I would respond to messages. I would still do posts. And then I had two VAs who did all of the other background work for me. And we prepped a lot in November to get everything ready for December so that like we would have as much lifted off of our plate as possible. So that was really amazing and really wonderful. I'm super grateful for them. So Mm -hmm. I took the weekend off Monday. I resumed posting for my clients. So I think I would work about an hour or two a day. Zach took a full month off. So during that hour, Evie would go and snuggle with him. I really, truly had a mindset of like, I want him to have the opportunity to bond with this baby. I don't want him to go back to work right away. I want him to have moments with her as a little tiny infant. It was special because it was like Christmas time. She was born on December 10th. So Christmas was right around the corner. We had all the beautiful matching jammies. We got a beautiful family photo Mm -hmm. taken, which was so special. Something I'll treasure forever. And yeah, I just sat inside, watched the birds outside at the bird feeder, watched TV. Zach would cook all of our food, stayed in bed as much as possible. But also because the birth had just been so, like I barely, like most of the time postpartum, there's like a lot of swelling, a lot of, you know, there was just so little of that. Like everything had been so just natural and relaxed that there wasn't a lot of discomfort. I did take some postpartum sits baths. We did the herbs and everything. That was really great. My sister helped with that. I think she stayed around for a few days and checked in. She'd come over and chat with me and hang out. And we'd talk about the birth. We'd talk about the baby. And yeah, it was just so relaxed.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I have a podcast gave me a thought of, I would love to do a podcast all on natural pain management. Mm. And um, I this podcast and in the one for twyla you said a lot of how you welcomed the contractions and i I don't know if now's a good time to get into that or if you want to save that for a second podcast but could you explain like your process of doing that and what that means when you say that oh
1: yeah so having had had i had had a birth before that was a home birth if you've already listened to that podcast for our listeners and to me birth no longer felt scary or hard or challenging. It felt like this is the hard work I need to do to get that thing I really want, which is to meet my baby. I'm really familiar with hard work. I'm really good at doing hard work. I'm good at getting down and dirty and doing the thing that needs to be done to bring the, the thing to life. And that's what I thought about like, you know, like that's just like the pattern my pattern I'm in now in my life where it's like Oh, Mm -hmm. I got to do this hard thing. It's not going to take very long. Mm -hmm. And once I can get that thing done, I'll get the awesome return, the gift. And so Mm -hmm. the the sooner it starts, the sooner it's
0: over. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah,
1: good point. It's not like I I wanted to feel that intensity. It's not like I wanted to feel that pain and that, you know, bone crushing feeling. But I was ready for it. I wanted it to happen. Mm -hmm. And I wanted my baby to be here.
0: I like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh sense when you say with the welcoming, it's like the embracing that it's here. And, um, I feel like it's kind of symbolic for life in general. You know, we talk about resistance versus acceptance, any situation in your life that you resist there, it, it makes it harder. It makes it more challenging and it does take longer and stick around more. And anything that we accept, a lot of the pain that is created in resistance goes away. Like things like, um, right now it's, cold outside. I am a 75, 80 degree weather girl. It's like 45, not my jam. I could sit inside all day and be like, oh, I wish it was 70 degrees. Oh, I wish it was 70 degrees. Oh, I wish it was 70 degrees. It's not going to be 70 degrees. And I'm creating this pain and resistance in myself by focusing on that thing and focusing on the negative of it. Or I could say, oh, okay, it's four- 50 degrees outside, so 45 degrees outside. So I'm going to have my space heater on and I'm nice and toasty in here and I've released that resistance. That's such a frivolous example, but it really is when you think about every situation in your life. If like you hate the job you're in and you focus on all the things you hate about it and you don't think about the work you could do to get out of it. You said just, just focus on the negative. Uh, that's not even a good example.
1: That's oh, I think it's a great example. I think it's a great example. Um, but also like if you feel like you need to leave that job and you keep resisting that, resisting that, resisting that, You're never going to have, first of all, that hard point where you have to go and find another job like that sucks. That can feel really, really scary. It can feel super insecure, but then the gift Mm -hmm. of the new job when you find it and it's the right environment, the right people, exactly Mm -hmm. what was supposed to happen all along. Yeah.
0: And I think another important thing about that welcoming that I love you saying is that I want to say this delicately. Um, (laughs) Childbirth is not a pain-free experience naturally. There is pain that is associated with childbirth because that is what's necessary to have it happen naturally. And we live in a world where that pain isn't necessary anymore, technically. And if that's the route you choose to take, that's fine. But when you accept that there is going to be pain to do it the way that you want to do it, it becomes easier to welcome it It is what I'm hearing from you is like, I knew this was coming. I've anticipated this is coming and I'm ready to survive this versus the you go into it already thinking i don't i don't want this pain there's that again that resistance of like like no 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 oh this is this is horrible oh no 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 like versus oh this is horrible but yes this is what i need this is what i need this is what i need does that make sense is that like what i'm yeah. what you mean by welcoming to
1: yeah i would say um first i would say that i think that childbirth requires discomfort no matter what um, if you get an epidural there's discomfort with that coming in. There's lots and lots of people who say they have chronic headaches for the rest of their life because of those procedures. The birth process, there's no way to be free of discomfort or pain. You, you know, you're going to have the pain of recovering from a C-section, you're going to have, you know, there are a million opportunities where discomfort's going to mm-hmm. come up. So, mm-hmm. I'm essentially welcoming the contractions, welcoming the waves because I'm interested in the naturally releasing of that child so that I can have mm-hmm. all of the benefits of the extreme highs when that baby actually mm-hmm. comes the greatest oxytocin burst you could ever imagine in your life. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can hear our dogs. Can you? That's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's like you can either choose to continue to delay and resist the, the de- or you can, like I said, welcome it. That's just mm-hmm. the reality of the situation. So,
0: yeah. I think this would be an interesting podcast just to talk about. And then just, I think even if you do end up having an epidural, if you do end up um, wanting intervention down the road, a lot of people like myself want to experience and want to be um, without an epidural for as long as possible. And having those mindsets of the welcoming, having the breathing techniques, having the Things like um, different positions and tools you can use to manage that pain can be helpful, even if the epidural maybe is the end game. But you don't want it right away. I think those tools can be helpful for having like the best birth possible. So maybe that's a whole separate podcast. Yeah, I think uh, I think all of that's very valid. This was wonderful. I'm so happy that you got this birth and that like I, I, that whole idea of like planning it out ahead of time and like writing all that stuff down. I think that that was a powerful thing. And uh, you're right, we have relatively low expectations. And an unfortunate report just came out that maternal deaths in the United States have increased over the last, I believe, four years, which is kind of terrifying. And um, unfortunately, higher in minority populations as well. And the mistreatment of women has also increased. So I think setting that bar high is not only important, I think it's necessary, because that's, unacceptable. And the more we are able to say that's unacceptable and this is what I want and this is what I deserve, the more that's going to be hopefully upheld.
1: Yes, for sure. I mean, we could definitely do a, an entire podcast on this topic, but just so many of the interventions that are being applied to childbirth uh, are leading to those those outcomes. And people don't necessarily realize that uh, because we think that the interventions are what's keeping us safe. And that's If we compare ourselves to other countries, we know that that's just absolutely not true. Um, Mm -hmm. So much research around so many of the different aspects of things that are happening. So fun to dive into that sometime. But um, I recently heard someone talk about creating a birth vision board, which is something I never did, but a really cool idea of like, you know, how is this all going to come together? How do I want it to look?
0: Yeah, I love that. All right, well, we'll wrap it here. I think Evie, you've done amazing, Evie. You've made it like forty minutes. So happy for you. Say bye bye. So happy to have you. Can you say bye bye? So good. So good. She's waving. If you're not watching on YouTube, she's waving. And happy early birthday, girl. I'm gonna have a bluey dress <gasps> and uh, a birthday cake. She loves her mommy. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. I don't know what we're talking about, uh, but we'll talk about something. And for all of our socials, websites, everything, you can find those down in the comments below. And we so appreciate your support. Any rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts is phenomenal. Reviews on Apple help helps out a ton. If you're watching on YouTube, if you can hit that like button, comment, subscribe, all of those things, we greatly appreciate it. And we hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week. Bye.